You're listening to Rise to Your Purpose, a personal and spiritual development podcast for female entrepreneurs with a mission. We're your hosts, Brandy and Natalie. All right. Hey, ladies, welcome back to another episode of Rise to Your Purpose. And today I am here with Amanda McGowan. And I'm really excited about this episode because I think it's definitely a topic we don't talk enough about in network marketing. It kind of seems to be put to the side until right up to tax season. And so we're actually going to be diving into talking about your finances and how you can be best prepared by, you know, doing your taxes as a network marketer and affiliate marketer. And Amanda is a account is an accounting professional. And so she definitely has a lot of really great advice. She has over 12 years of experience. Um, and so, and she's had some industry in the, or some experience in the industry. So I think she's going to definitely have some great things to share with us today. Um, and if you're inside our purpose partner community, she will also be in there. So it'll be a great way to connect with her, ask questions. We might even have her guest train again um, later this year and maybe closer to tax season. So thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. Um, so let's dive in. I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your mission behind your business. Yeah. So as you said, Natalie, my name is Amanda McGowan. I am the owner of Elevating Profits, LLC. Um, so my mission really, so I've been in the accounting world pretty much my entire adult life, but over the last couple of years, I have a lot of friends who work in network marketing and I started to hear the same things over and over. You know, my accountant doesn't take me seriously. They think it's just a pyramid scheme. So I'm not getting the attention I need when it comes to understanding my taxes and those components of it. Um, you know, be, being given bad advice that then they'd ask me about and I'm like, no, no. And so I kind of made it my mission um, about a year and a half ago that this was really going to be the industry that I focused on because quite well, for two reasons, mainly one, I was, like I said, I was sick of hearing people say they weren't being taken seriously when in all honesty, when you make it in network marketing, you're probably making more than your accounting person is anyways. So that didn't make any sense, but two, just making sure that the right advice is getting out there as much as I can spread it, because there is a lot of really bad advice for this industry that is being passed down from someone to someone and then just kind of feeding down from your upline and it's, it could be dangerous. Yeah. And that actually, I think that's a great segue into one of the questions I wanted to ask you is because I think, you know, we do, we can maybe get little trainings here and there. Um, or you're just trying to ask your upline and what do they know? And so, yes, information gets trickled down, but it may not always be accurate. And so could you share about what are some of those maybe things that you've seen or noticed that have been shared, but are some misconceptions in with the industry and how you can, what you can actually do with your taxes? Do you mind kind of going over a couple of those things? Yeah. So I would say probably some of the biggest mistakes and misnomers that are out there that I hear, um, probably two really big ones. And I think the first one is that that whole concept of you are your brand. So any of your personal use product for your network marketing company is hundred percent deductible. And unfortunately that is not true. It has been fought in court repeatedly and the IRS always wins that case. So your personal use product, whether you're in health and fitness, whether you're you know, you do the nail strips, whether you're in Modere, like whatever company you're with, your personal use product is unfortunately not deductible, even if it's required for you to maintain a status within the company. 
So that's the first thing that I think is the most common mistake. And the, probably one of the first conversations I ever have with my clients when we're talking about this. I'm like, you cannot write that portion off. Now, if you're purchasing that product and then you're turning around and you're reselling it and holding it as inventory and not using it personally, then you can claim it. But if you're using it personally, you cannot. So I think that's probably the biggest misconception there. Um, and then I think the second common mistake kind of goes right along with that whole you are your brand thing. And it's the fact that people are being told that, you know, if you go get your hair done or your nails done or you buy a new outfit, like you're your brand. So you have to look the part. And the way I was explaining it, I'm like, unfortunately, the wow factor, it's not deductible on taxes. Now, if you're going to an event and you're speaking on stage and you bring in a hairdresser or something like that, that's deductible. But just to go get your hair and your nails done and things like that on an everyday basis, those are not deductible. Right. Yeah, no, I think those are definitely good points, especially the part about personal use of products. Because I think that's one that has definitely been shared as like, yeah, you can deduct, but you can't. So thank you for sharing those. And then, so as we're getting ready, we're preparing our taxes, we're looking at how we're organizing. And I know that was something I realized like before I was that bad person that just like kept receipts and like a bag. And then two days before I was meeting my accountant, I would try and get everything ready. And I realized that one is not being professional Two, it is not being a good steward of my business and my finances. And so that was something I started being intentional about, especially as I started working more businesses that, you know, I needed to be a good steward of what I was doing and be able to have kind of my ducks in a row and be more prepared to know what's coming and what's going out. So that's definitely something I have been working on over the last couple of years. So what are like, say three to five steps or, you know, give or take a few that in tips that you have for people who are working on, you know, they know they're going to have these appointments and they can be best prepared for that. Like what should they start doing now, whether they're just getting started or maybe they've been in for a few years, but they're starting to earn more money and it's really time to start, to, you know, kind of taking um, care of their finances and what they need to be prepared for when going into that. So they can also, um, cause I love what you said, you know, your part of your brand is elevating profits. So we also want to help you get more deductions if possible. So yeah. So what can, are some things that they can be doing right now? Yeah. So I would say there's probably, I, I could probably talk for hours about this. So I'll kind of touch on a couple that like 2020 is already done or whatever year is already done. We can do this now, but then also looking forward, how do we stay organized and prepared for next year? So we don't have that year end rush. Yeah. So I would say the first thing there is organization, whatever that looks like for you whether you're an Excel spreadsheet person, whether you're a shoebox of receipts person, or if you're more of a formal accounting software like QuickBooks Online or something like that, find a system that works for you that you're going to use and then implement. Because I think one of the biggest things there is people are always like, oh, I need to use QuickBooks Online or, oh, I need to use this software. Oh, I need to use this spreadsheet. You don't need to use anything. You just need to find the one that you're going to use. It doesn't matter what that is. It could be the best software out there. If you're not actually going to implement it, it's doing nothing for you. So find the system that you're comfortable with and that you're going to use. Once you figure that system out, start plugging in everything from the prior year and get as organized as you can and ready to go for this year. But then do it on an ongoing basis, which kind of leads into my second piece of it is honoring some CFO time. So we've all been told as entrepreneurs that we have to work on our business, not just in our business. But I think when people mm -hmm. think about that, they're always moving to that CEO time. Like, what am I doing for marketing? How am I doing this? 
And I really encourage my clients, I'm like, carve out some CFO time as well, that chief financial officer. Carve out that time on a weekly basis, whether that's an hour, whether it's 30 minutes, whatever that looks like for you. Carve out that time each week to sit down. And that's when you spend some time organizing those finances. That's when you, you spend some time looking at the numbers and understanding where you're at. So be organized, but that's one way to do it moving forward there. Um, keep your, we've already kind of talked about this, but keep your personal use items separate. And you really should have that number ready for your tax professional because if they're asking you, if they're not asking you if you have personal use product in those numbers, they're probably not looking for it. And that means that they're probably not asking many other questions that they should be asking you. So if that question's not being asked, just know that there's probably other questions that are being asked. So make sure you have that piece separated out. And then home office deduction. I think this is one of the most underutilized deductions because people always, every time I bring this up, people are like, but I've been told it's going to trigger an audit. And I'm like, but I've experienced that it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those that if you're legally entitled to take a home office deduction, take it. If you to get audited, deal with it then and just make sure you have all the records. So again, it kind of goes back to that organization and that record keeping piece. But if you work in a home office, make sure that you're providing those that information. What is the square footage of the total house? What is the square footage of the office space? There's two ways you can write this off. So you wanna make sure you're talking to your tax professional about are we using the simplified method or are we using the actual method for the home office? Because there's benefits to one or the other and depending on what you do, one may benefit you more in this year, but may not in future years. So you kind of want to look at all those angles of that as well. Um, and then I would say really just start to track. I think the biggest obstacle I see with my clients is they get the 1099 from the company and, but then they're not going to look and see, okay, what did I sell outside of what I sold directly through the company? So if you carry an inventory or maybe you purchase things and they're for personal use, but you're, somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, do you have A? And you're like, yes, I do. Here you go. And so they're not tracking either the income there or the expense of that item if it was not initially intended for inventory. Um, so just being aware of where is the income actually coming in. And then I think the third biggest thing there is look at some of the things when you're, when you're doing this all at year end, kind of like you mentioned, Natalie, like you used to be like that bag of receipts person, you tend to overlook things. So I think sometimes when you're going through these receipts, I always encourage my clients, if that's how they do it at year end, to go back and look at your calendar as well. Because sometimes you may be looking at your calendar and be like, oh, I totally forgot that I went and did that big thing that cost me several hundred dollars. And I don't have a receipt for that. So I need to make sure I add that in and try and track down a receipt for that as well. So just kind of, as you're going through your receipts, look at your calendar because sometimes it'll trigger something. You'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. I don't have that receipt. I need to make sure I get that too. Yeah, no, I think those are awesome tips. I loved how you said the CFO time because definitely we overlook that of still carving out time and, and even every week even to just touch base with, that financial side and piece of things. So I think that is a really great, something I should probably start utilizing. I don't do it that often. So I know that's something I will want to start doing. Um, so, and I like to, you kind of mentioned because like, how do you keep track? So that actually took kind of a weight off my shoulders because I've kind of gone back and forth between like, I'm an Excel girl. <laughs> like I have always liked my spreadsheets, but I know there's some great like resources out there for just online tools 
but I know like when I've tried things, I don't always keep up with it as much. And so, um, so I like that you're like, no, it's okay. If you have an Excel spreadsheet, just as long as it's, um, you know, organized. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah, um, and that's so- perfectly fine up until you get to a point where if you get to a point where you're profiting like $40,000 or more consistently in each year, yeah. being operating as a sole proprietor probably is not your best option at that point. You really should be moving over to an S corporation. Once you're an S corporation, a formal accounting software, unfortunately, is a necessity because we have to have some components in there that it's really just too hard to track the hand. Okay. So, and I'm just going to kind of repeat what you said because it cut out a little bit, but you're saying once you get to that 40,000, which, okay, that's good to know, is good. That's when you should start switching to that S corporation. Okay. Versus like an LLC. Yeah. So an LLC, there's some common misconceptions around an LLC. So an LLC is filed at a state level, but from the IRS, they're kind of like, Hey, glad you did that, but we don't really care. It doesn't mean anything for us unless you elect it to mean something different. So if you have an LLC set up, which I truly, truly encourage, if you're serious about your business, set up an LLC from day one, because I've worked with clients in the past where they didn't set up that LLC. And then they come to me like in August, September, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to profit six figures this year. And they're like, I know, what can we do? And I'm like, well, we should go to an S corporation. If you have the LLC, you can retroactively elect to be taxed as an S corporation for the whole year. If you don't have that LLC, so like for this client that didn't, we had to file everything pre-August as a sole proprietor paying that self-employment tax that nobody likes. And then everything after that, we were able to opt into the S corporation. So if you're serious about your business and you're serious about growing, I do encourage that LLC there. Now back to your original question, because I sidebarred there. Um, (laughs) The LLC from a federal level is a disregarded entity. So if you have the LLC and you haven't elected to be taxed as an S corporation, or you don't have a partner in the LLC and you're automatically defaulted over to a partnership, then the LLC files just like a sole proprietor on a Schedule C. Okay. So much good information, you guys. <laughs> I hope you're taking notes because I was definitely taking down some other notes of things that I just learned too. So, um, so very good to know. And I, I would love for you to share, um, you know, what are ways, because I think people listening are probably like, oh my gosh, there's so much I didn't know. I just learned a bunch. I need to know more. And so what are some different ways that they can continue like learning from you or if they don't have um, an accountant or someone that knows, I mean, I, I know I switched over at one point to someone who at least was in the industry. Cause I felt like they would maybe know a little bit more about the deductions and things like that. Because like you said, not all of them take you seriously, or they don't really look at all the things that you maybe could be deducting that you aren't. And so, um, so I love like everything that you have shared. And I think it's important that more women are able to connect with you and your team of people. So what are some services that you offer with your accounting, you know, with all that stuff that you do. Um, Cause I know you said you're full service accounting. So can you kind of share what that entails? And then um, ha- I know you're on social media. So different ways that we could start connecting with you and possibly even having that consultation. What would that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So our services, uh, we do full service accounting. And so that looks like everything from setting up a new business and understanding like what that LLC means, how to set that up at a state level, what you need to do to stay compliant with that all the way through bookkeeping, payroll for our bigger clients that are in an S corporation, tax preparation, whether that's a business return or an individual return, 
And then we also do tax planning, which is really where the rubber meets the road, because here's the thing is, and we just added tax planning in pretty recently, I'd say within the last couple of years here. And the reason is, is because most accounting professionals, they're being reactive. They're looking at what you did last year. And then they're telling you, okay, you've got to write this check for, you know, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, whatever that number is. And you're going, wait a minute, I wasn't prepared for that. How can we lower that? And their answer normally is, sorry, you just made too much money. There's not really much we can do. And that answer drives me nuts and it's driven me nuts for years. And so finally I was like, no, there is things we can do and we're going to do them. So that tax planning piece is really where we work with our clients throughout the year to say, oh, you have kids. Like, how can we hire your kids in your business and make it essentially tax-free income to your household? Oh, you know, you host events. Like, how can we rent your home from you and it be tax-free income for your household? Like, there's all these little things, but you have to be proactive to engage in them. You can't, like, look back at last year and be like, oh, well, I want to do that for last year. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So we add that tax planning component in. And so we do, if it has to do with the number side of your business, we work with you on it. Um, I have my Facebook group. It's called the Profit Corner for Online Marketers. Um, if you search me on Facebook, Amanda McGowan, you can find it there. It's right on my profile. Um, that group is specifically for network and affiliate marketers only. I don't allow anybody into that group that is not in those industries. And in that group, I do a lot of challenges in there. So like this, we're doing a five day challenge now, just about being intentional around your finances. Um, so lots of ways to connect and just learn in there. I really pour into that community as well. Um, and then I also have a journal called Financially Focused, which by summer we will have a secondary version that will be specific to network marketers. Um, but it is a journal. It's the journal that pulled me out of near bankruptcy in my business six, six or seven years ago. I can't remember. I try to forget that date in my mind. Um, but it's the daily practices, weekly practices, and the monthly practices that I use to pull myself out of that over the course of time. Um, so you can connect with me on Facebook there. That's honestly that group. If you're just looking for some support, you have questions, you just want to learn. That's a great way to connect and get that information. Um, if you are looking to have a consultation, you can always go to my website, which is www.elevatingprofits.com. And then if you just click on the schedule, I think it says schedule now or consultation, you can schedule an appointment that way as well. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so if you guys didn't catch that, that is Profit, their Facebook group's Profit Corner for Online Marketers. So I would definitely go make sure you are a part of that group for online marketers. So network, network marketing, if you're in affiliate marketing, I know a lot of you that follow us are in that industry. So that's going to be perfect for you guys. Um, I'm excited to actually go check out your challenge as well. So I will definitely be doing that. Um, and then anything else that you wanted to leave with the ladies who are listening? Um, I think we kind of covered a lot of really great stuff today. So definitely, I, I mean, let's book those consultations, you guys, if you don't feel as prepared, I think that's going to be a perfect way for you to start and start off the new year is yeah. getting ready, getting organized um, and really making the most of your business. So, yeah, I would say the only thing I would leave that we, that I haven't said yet is just give yourself grace when it comes to finances. It doesn't come naturally for everyone and it's a learning curve. So whatever, wherever you're starting at with your knowledge and your skill set, when it comes to that money piece, of your business, like honor that, pat yourself on the back for it, give yourself some big whoop whoops, and then just know that you have a journey and it's not going to all happen overnight. And that's okay. That's why, that's why you have these resources out there. That's why Natalie does her group to bring information like this 
That's why I have my group. So find those people that you can attach to that you can learn from and then just start your journey from where you're at. Yeah, that's perfect advice. And one that we definitely resonate with is definitely do what you can, but always give yourself grace and, but take initiative and be intentional with the resources that you do have and seeking out what you need um, and not waiting. Cause I know I waited too long on some things and you know, so that now we're, and I'm even thinking that I'm like, oh, there's things I probably should have already started with my husband and I both having businesses. So, um, so definitely you brought a lot of great value today. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and, um, and anybody who's maybe checking out the live. So um, we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Rise Your Purpose will be a weekly podcast. Our hope is to inspire and educate you on your entrepreneurial journey to help you fuel your passions, live your purpose, and build a business that works for you. You can subscribe, rate, and comment on any podcast app. We'd love to hear from you. It makes us so happy to see you tuning in to the show. So if you're on Instagram, let us know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you tuned into and tag us at LiveVictorious on your story. Let us know what your favorite quote or takeaway from the episode was so that we can be inspired to keep creating content like this for you. To learn more about us and get involved with our community of mission-driven entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group, Purpose Partners, where we partner together in faith and business. So until next time, build a business that works for you and stay in alignment with your mission.